Hairdressing, business, beauty, products, people, interviews, fitness, health, well-being. I'm Nathan Plumridge and welcome to Hair Life. Can you do me a favor? Hit the subscribe button or the share button wherever you can see it. Thank you. Hi and welcome back to Hair Life. My guest on today's show is the managing director of the Medusa Salon Group. Colin and his amazing team are one of the fastest growing salons in Scotland and we are going to be delving deep into his inspirations, his challenges and his passions. Welcome Colin McAndrew to Hair Life. How are you doing today? I'm good Nathan, thank you mate. I'm very, very good, thanks. I'm very excited to have you on the show because it's taken a while. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, both of us are busy. No, I'm not taking all the blame for that. <laughs> you definitely, definitely are. Which is uh, so. It's amazing to get you here. So it sounds like you've had quite a day prior to getting on this show. Yeah, I mean, four and a half hour drive across the country. I was teaching yesterday in a lovely salon, and uh, and then about three and a bit hours on Zoom with the fellowship. Wow, so that's the life of an entrepreneur today. You see, and it's only Monday. You know, yeah, exactly. So exactly. the week and, and, and then stuff in between phone calls in the car and everything, you know. Well, I love that. So, Colin, I've been fascinated by you and I've seen you in lots of places all over, which is why I wanted to get you on the show. Now, you've got the Medusa Group, okay? And then how many salons are in that group now? So, we have six salons, wow, um, five in the city and one just outside the city. Wow. So, where are they all based? What, what are they centric? So, like, five of them are really um, close to the city centre. So two of them are directly in town. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of them's in the financial district. One of them's in the student area of the city. And then another one is in, like, a really sort of desirable sort of mini village within the city called Stockbridge. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then we have uh, Musselburgh Salon as well, which is just on the outskirts of the city. Wow. So... Six salons or five salons, one academy, is that right? I'm sorry, you just said it. Six salons right, plus and, the and a training space and as well. Yeah. I have about 85 wow. team members. So six salons, an academy, 85 staff. How team. long have you... I never call them staff, Nathan. Team, family. Yeah. No, I don't go with that. I just, I've genuinely never been able to... I, actually, I don't know, it just doesn't sit with me when I, if I say staff. You know, yeah. some of these people are good, good friends, you yeah. know. And, I love that. Um, so, I mean, so it's always It's always, it's always team. when you get that terminology because it's that thing where yeah. I always think we have the energy family, you know. Yeah. So maybe it's that. My, my bag, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I just... <laughs> so tell me about you. As a child, how... What was your path to hairdressing? Um, I mean... You know, growing up, I had two, I have two older sisters, Rhonda and Denise. Uh, Mum, dad sort of disappeared. So, you know, there's three female kind of centric figures in my life. Um, I used to go to the salons with them when they were babysitting me. My mum worked two jobs. So, you know, uh, my, my elder sisters looked after me. And um, yeah, I just loved the atmosphere and loved that sort of environment and that space, you know. Um, and I, you know, it was quite a deprived uh, growing up in terms of 
location and stuff. And, you know, money was was tight, but it wasn't like we weren't eating like so badly or anything. You know, we I, I'm sort of blessed with love and stuff from like a very nurturing environment, not a not trying to paint a sort of Roddy Doyle novel in a Dublin or anything, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, just, you know, we, we had to work for everything. We, you know, um, good sort of disciplines from mum about, you know, respect and, and whatnot. And like I said, my, my elder sisters would go to salons and I just loved them, you know, really, really loved them. Um, I'm not educated enough, but I've always been into fashion and design. But where I grew up, you know, that wasn't really an option. And, you know, um, I'm dyslexic, so and that wasn't diagnosed until I was about 16. So there was stuff at school I excelled at and stuff I really struggled at. And, you know, um, that has an impact on everybody's behaviour and stuff. You know, I was a, a daydreamer. I hated being in the class. I was just looking out the window. Yeah. Um, a proper storyteller, I got told, you know, as I, I was growing up, you know, sort of, like some of it complete nonsense, you know, like genuinely, you know, we turn up to places and say this has happened and it hadn't happened. Um, sounds like me, sounds just like me. It's the creative element, you see. It's the ADHD, I think so, yeah. ADHD you know, and the dyslexia, because my son's got yeah. it. So, yeah, so it's it's a superpower. 100%. You know, like I, I think, you know, it allows you to sort of be sort of um, a, a different kind of thought process. Mm-hmm. And then I... I was pretty good at football, um, so I had the opportunity to sort of uh, have trials with a lot of teams and stuff. But I was also a little bit of a hooligan, and that sort of went against me in terms of the football. You know, uh, none of the Edinburgh teams would have picked me, kind of thing. So I left school, and you know, I literally had like about three days on my mum's timetable to get a job, or she would have got me a job, and. Um, I got an apprenticeship in a beautiful salon on Princes Street in Edinburgh, which if you know Edinburgh yeah, is lovely. really stunning. You know, it was a three-storey townhouse. And this is a little lad from a council estate sort of turning up and, you know, learning how to make coffee and learning how to make tea and the really old school, you know, it was a bell when the client came in. Really? So you'd ring a bell and every apprentice had to stop what we'd done. Um, and I'd done that and... Really loved it, and within nine months, I was uh, a hairdresser in their eyes. You know, I, I used, you know, it wasn't my thing. Um, I never had a day off, I worked seven days a week. Mm-hmm. I worked Tuesday to Saturday in the salon, I worked in a petrol station on the Sunday to sort of pay my rent for my mum. I think I earned £20 a day in that session, so that was my, my, my digs yeah, um, that was your rent. at home. And then on a Monday, I'd have to come in on my day off and do my education in the salon at night. So, you know, I was hungry. You know, I was desperate yeah. to sort of not be an apprentice. But now I look back and I think, God, being an apprentice was absolutely the best time in my life. You know, in, in some aspects, you know, it was fantastic. And there's still a group of people that are, in some shape or form, still connected to my life through that period, which is lovely, you know. Mm-hmm. And did you ever, when you look back at that time now as a as a youngster, what can you imagine where you are now, like at this at this stage? Truthfully, I I sort of did. Really, I had I had a real desire to not be in poverty. 
Mm-hmm. Now, so that could have been hair or anything, but that was a genuine, you know, um, sort of ambition. You know, I remember having a sort of bet with my, my stepdad at the time we weren't getting on and me sort of saying stuff, look, by the time I'm 30, I'll be doing blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I actually bought Medusa at 31, so I missed it by about 10 months. Wow, really? You know, um, so yeah, so it, it's easy to say now, yeah, 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 it was always going to happen. Like, I definitely just had the right attitude. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I'll say that, not try to be arrogant. Like I said, you know, I worked seven days a week when I was an apprentice, when I became a hairdresser, I got asked to do anything, it was yes. Didn't know how to do something, but I'll still say yes and I'll learn how to do it before yeah. I need to do it. So, yeah, so I think for some aspects of entrepreneurship, where I'm from, um, there's a place called Midri, and there's a, a sort of, um, I've just read a book about this area, and they talk about Midripreneurship. Yeah. You know, and it's that sort of thing of you have to hustle. You know, I used to run buses to nightclubs in Glasgow and stuff from Edinburgh when I was like 17 and, you know, making just a little bit of money here and there. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's always been there, but it's not from, um, my mum always talks about this, it's not from a place of, no one showed me how to do that, you know, no, there, wasn't a, there wasn't a figure who made me go, I'll just copy them. It's just sort of inbuilt, you know. It's really interesting because you're saying that because, even just listening to what you said, there's this this whole thing at the minute about kind of manifestation, right? Yeah. And it, I find it really funny because I don't know if anybody. I'm I I love reading, so reading is one of my passions. And I just look back at like the law of attraction, which is probably one of the greatest books that's ever 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 you know sort of been written. And it's almost like manifestation has kind of followed on from that. But but listening to you there, you were kind of kind of already doing that. You were doing that as a youngster. And you were visualizing that by the time you were 30, you were going to open this business and you were going to be in this place. Yeah. And you kind of made it happen as a result. I, I think that's it. You know, someone in the team really recently asked me about sort of mindset and do I sort of focus on that? Now, that's obviously like a real social media thing right now. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's where she took it from. But for me, it was like, yeah, like my mindset is I can not do anything or I need to improve my situation. Yeah. You know, um, and I think, I mean, we're, I don't know how old you are, Nathan. Sorry, I'm 46. Five. Right, okay. So we're, Jesus, similar ages, but who's had the harder life? <laughs> you had a hard paper round, didn't you? You had the bus route. Yeah. I had two. I had two paper routes. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, like, we, we were certainly lucky in terms of, our age group mm-hmm. in terms of buying property in terms of sort of um i suppose some legislation that we we've sort of fall through you know i was supported in the salon i worked in with like not a yts i was just a little bit behind that but stuff like that allowed me to get a sort of job and sort of be looked after and whatnot so we're we're lucky and we're really lucky as well we never grew up with social media but we've we've captured oh, enough of it. It's really you know, interesting because I got asked this question not long ago on one of the shows, and it was, "Would you want to start energy now again, as it currently is with social media, or would you have kept it 
like you've had it. And a hundred percent, I was like, I just keep it like I had it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, I look back at that. I mean, I was 21 when I opened here wow. and I'm 25 years this year, the, the business. Congratulations. You know? Yeah. Crazy. I can't believe it was 25 years. My God. And it's weird. Cause hearing you like sort of talk like that for me, I, I was exactly the same. Like I started hairdressing 15 years old and I just did everything. I just said, yes, 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 yes. Any shows, any events, any competitions, I'll do it. I'll do it. But I had this internal thing, which was, you're going to be a salon owner. You know, you're going to do this because my dad had done it. So I think I had kind of a pathway and I'd seen what he'd achieved. Yep. But I look at it now and think about just in a way how how simple and how beautiful hairdressing was like, you know, 1998 when we sort of opened up, you know, and and even, I mean, when did like Facebook, was it created? 2008 or nine? Yeah, like 15, 16 years ago or something, isn't it? And, you know, when you went out to get new business, you basically did like, you know, you did an advert in the paper or, you know, you would do a bus shelter, you know? It was like, oh, I'd do a, like a charity event or something yeah. like that, you know. I, I wouldn't be- or, or even just meeting your peers was yeah. once every six months. Yeah. You know, like this is, um, I was having a chat with somebody really recently and it was about salaries and stuff. And, you know, I was trying to explain that when I was, like when I left where I trained and went to Medusa, mm-hmm. I had two other jobs in the city, much better paid. Yeah. But I knew Medusa was my opportunity, and that was to to grow in an artistic sense. Mm-hmm. I didn't imagine buying the company in the future, but you know, I, I sort of thought this is going to give me the platform. Yeah. So, I, so it wasn't a financial decision; it was a career sort of sensible decision, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think that's one of the the sort of biggest challenges now is, that, and this is. Like I've spoken a lot, I've done a lot of podcasts and a lot of interviews. Social media is here forever. You know, it's you know, it is what it is. I think the the sad thing, and it's not just even social; it's Netflix. You know, we had to wait every Sunday for Dallas. You know, (laughs) now you binge watch it. You know, it's instant. You know, you you message someone. You know, we we had to. If I wanted to phone a girlfriend when I was at school, I had to take money to the phone box because I couldn't let my sister stay in the house. No. Yeah, you know, that'd be embarrassing. So stuff <laughs> like that, that you know, there's a certain patience that, that is not necessarily getting instilled in people coming through now. And that's, I actually feel sorry for them. Mm. You know, I'm probably just old enough that it'll disappear for me eventually. But this is going to be a big issue, I think, of that instant gratification, that instant yeah. reply, that instant sort of, when do you ever switch off? Yeah, we call it, we call it the, um, like the Amazon Prime effect. You know, right, yeah. I want Prime now. You know, I want it now. You know, I want to be educated yeah. right now. I don't want to wait 18 months and be trained. Right. I want it in six months and I want to yeah. know my career path, you know? Yeah. Um, there's a, I mean, I, I just think for, in terms of the education factor, I think that's where there is, probably the biggest problems as a result of it because they see all over social media and unfortunately it's it's not like that and it's interesting because just going back to what you said a minute ago you said about those sort of challenges and and I know it's something again you've probably sort of talked about it and stuff like that but what's maybe bar COVID because I hate the COVID I'm done with that that's just part of it 
other than that, what has been the sort of challenges or like some of the biggest things that you've faced that you've either dealt with or you feel you are dealing with at any point? I mean, you know, mental health's a big, a big sort of concern. Um, and team well-being, and I don't say that sort of flippantly or, or cheaply, you know, but I think it's it, the onus is on us to mm-hmm. to have that right balance between targets, driving, moving forward without sort of adding on to anxiety and levels of stress because, and I do think it's like this little thing here mm-hmm. makes us much more stressful, much more sort of... Um, so, you know, dealing with something 15 years ago, if you're still operating like that in a sort of management sense, you're really outdated, you know, but even 15 months ago, things mm-hmm. change. So I do think there's a, a real um, genuine sort of worry and concern about people's mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we, we, that's been certainly one of the most challenging aspects to deal with in our company. Yeah. And I think we're fairly strong at it. You know, we, over the period, we've offered stuff. And so, some people have went, don't want that from my employer. And you totally understand that, you know, like completely. But we wanted to be able to offer mm-hmm. kind of support and sort of care and stuff. But then there's also, a, I think, on the back of that, you know, and I have to be very careful about a word this properly, you know, otherwise I'll get cancelled. <laughs> You know, but we, we not we, on this show, mate. We're fine on it. Good, right? <laughs> you well, said what you fucking want. We're all good. On we, it. We, we talk a lot about you know it's okay not to be okay, mm-hmm. and that is one hundred percent, one hundred fifty percent correct. But it's okay as well to say I'm going to try my hardest to change that feeling. Yeah, and I'm going to do everything possible. Now, whether that means restricting alcohol at the weekends bad people in their life, mm-hmm. uh, better choices and lifestyle. You know, that's a personal responsibility as well. And I just sort of worry that nobody actually says, come on, you know, when you, you're so concerned about somebody's fragile state of mind. But actually, you know, I was sort of like, well, nobody's going to do it for you, Colin. You know, that yeah. was my upbringing and stuff. And I just have this horrible feeling that, especially the younger kids. You know, I mean, we all have superstars in the salon who are young. You know, like, we all have that. But they're becoming more like the aliens rather than the normal. You know, if you're at home and your parents are telling you you're wonderful and you deserve the best in life, and by the way, you do deserve the best in life, but unless you marry a premiership footballer or win the lottery, the reality is is you're going to have to work really hard to give you your best life. And that message is getting missing. And then that message, because it's not becoming in the home or schooling or whatever. You know, I heard about um, uh, a university um, sort of dean saying his job wasn't to educate, it was to make it the, the faculty a, a safe place. You think, no, that's one aspect of your yeah, job yeah. should be that safe space. Yeah. The other bit is to make sure that these people know everything is possible, you know? That's what I think is is one of the, the sort of big challenges on the horizon. You know, um, we need to sort of find that counterbalance between 150%. I really want to emphasize that, of course, mental health is real. It happens. 
but also recovery happens. Yeah, it does. You know, and we need to really make sure that people are pushing that as well. And I think, and you're dead right, because I think there's a bit of it where I think ultimately also as a, as a, as a boss, whatever, yeah. I think there's a point you've got to, you've got to get to a situation where also people are here to work. Like I'm, yeah. I'm here to look after you and I will do everything in my possible skill set to make sure that your time in our business is one that you enjoy but you've also got to understand we're also here to make money you know yeah. we're here to pay your wages we're here for you to have the lifestyle that you want to lead all these sort of things and, and i think you're right there's a bit of it where this whole sort of fluffy fluffy bit there's got to be some sort of balance between it and i think we as an industry you know i think i was at the forest summit in dublin last weekend and it was really interesting worldwide 600 people and the, the main issues that people spoke about was exactly what we're talking about now. Yeah. It was basically dealing with our teams, but dealing with them in a way where it was effective for you, but it was also effective for them. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I, you know, I did that post the other day about being vulnerable. And the, the point was for me was that, you know, there's some things that I've had to realize that I'm not the Superman. I'm not, you know, I can't keep taking all the punches all the time. And I had that moment where I, I broke down, the team saw it. But as a result of it, that's changed our relationship massively because yeah. they can see that their boss isn't this brick wall and I can be knocked down. And it's been really, really good. But yeah, you're 100% right. I think there's, there's something coming and I don't know yeah. what it's going to look like. But I think all we can do as kind of business owners is do the best that we can kind of can with the resources and things that we've we've got around us, you know? A hundred percent. And like you said, something's coming. Like I see some of my youngsters really distancing themselves from socials and stuff, yeah. which is great. Um, <clears throat> I've also been really open about my sort of fragileness and, and sort of, you know, the, the person calling, not calling at Medusa type mm. person. Uh, and I had a lovely moment where someone had listened to another podcast and I came in and they went, come here. And I was like, Jesus. And she just gave me a hug. You know, and you think, yeah, like, you know, this is it. You know, I, yeah. we all live, like every, every team member thinks you are a millionaire and every team member thinks I'm a millionaire. Yeah. And I, I know that we are probably remunerated better than anybody else in the companies, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, we've got the big risk as well with it. Yeah, too you know, Something goes wrong, you lose your house, you, know, you lose... Yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, people don't understand that. You know, they don't yeah. see the, the sort of risks that you put in. Um, and then you put out the expenditure and stuff as well. I think Jesus. the reality... We'll talk about yeah. that at the minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but I think the, that, that sort of... There is a realisation maybe now that, you know, everybody's just human. Mm. Not Superman, not Superwoman, not super, you know, just really everybody's, you know, like you, you said, sort of taking punches and stuff. Yeah. That certainly feels like what it's been since out of lockdown. Oh, it just yeah. that, that perma state of sort of worry and, mm. you know, sort of imbalance. And that takes and its stuff. toll and you've got to think about it. And that's why, again, one of the things for me, and again, a lot about what hair life is about, is about kind of living your best life right yeah. it's about like how us as business owners it's about us how as individuals how can we live better so okay so you've got 
six businesses, you've got an academy, all right? What are the sort of things that you do in terms of your own health? Like, so, you know? So I, I, I'm pretty bad at this. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I travel a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm very, very lucky that I don't really drink alcohol. Yeah. You know, um, you'll see me with a glass, but, you know, somebody might be on five glasses and I'm on one type mm-hmm. thing. You know, I'm not teetotal, but so I'm really blessed with that. And, I, you know, I do count my blessings with that. You know, my stepdad was an alcoholic. My yeah. dad was a gambler and a heavy drinker kind of thing. So, you know, I, I sort of was quite ca- cautious with stuff like that. So I'm lucky in that aspect. I do love food. I've got a real sweet tooth and stuff. So my diet is definitely not not the best. And um, I go through stages of getting really fit. Yeah. And then life gets in the way and sort of three months later. Um, I cycle a lot with my sort of good group of friends, a couple of hair, no, few, most, most hairdressers and one client, actually. That's, um, so I cycle a lot. I'm the fat guy at the back. You know, fat <laughs> lad the They've done so yeah, well brilliant. that company, haven't they? Brilliant. Because yeah. it's true, you know, like, you still want to look stylish even though you're, uh, <laughs> you don't look like the model on the on the page. So I do that um, probably since about October, maybe November last year. I've really tried to sort of, I travel an awful lot, Nathan, you know, I'm an educator and guest artist for Wella. And I've really tried to sort of say no and, you know, pick stuff a little bit, have a better balance, trying to enjoy my home. You know, like I, mm-hmm. I literally, we just done an extension last year and I was yep. like, I've never been here since, you know. So I really am trying. And like you, I'm an avid reader. So I find that really, really helpful. And what do you read? So a real mixture of anything. Um, I feel pretty done in with business books right now. Yeah. And sort of motivational stuff, you know, like right right now it's it's a little bit escapism and, you know, um, so anything, crime thrillers, true yeah. light, anything. But I, I love a good autobiography, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I have devoured bookshelves full of business stuff. Like, I mean that, you know, like 100%. What's one you can pick off the top of your head? What's one? Uh, Self-Made in America. Right, yeah. Terrible name of a book. Terrible front cover. Is it? don't know where it is. It's somewhere. And, um, but I give it away to people all the time. I think I'm yeah, the only guy yeah. who buys it secondhand. I'll send you one. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I do, I do love... Um, that sort of philosophy he's quite so interestingly he owns a salon group in dallas oh really and he's not a hairdresser it's very 80s and stuff it's like ter- like genuinely terrible looking book yeah you know he, he looks like a tory mp <laughs> which for a scottish guy that's you not really say that, that's pretty bad yeah we're no we're, that's not the vibe we're looking for i always think about because i have a i always had the, the book that always thinks is tools of titans which is written by tim ferris okay. And yeah. it was just, I mean, it's, it is an absolute giant Two. book. Yeah. But it was one of those that literally sparked something in my head because it was like 200 of the, the best brains in the world and, yeah. and all of their practices. And it's one of those that, oh, I've, I've, God knows how many times I've read it. 
I'm still not yeah, practicing so, everything in there, but you know. Of, of course, you know, and you shouldn't because then you would just be constant whiplash, yeah. you know, change ideas, change thoughts and stuff. So, so you shouldn't. Have you read Be More Pirate? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm a big like I was, I, I was lucky enough to find that really like it just came off the press almost. And that really resonated a lot with me. You know, I'd really recommend it to anybody who watches this. Um, Sam Conniff, I think his Sam name Conniff, is. Yeah. Be, be more pirate. It's just, I find it really interesting because whenever we have success as a group, that actually has a negative effect on me normally. You know, it's I sort of... You find that, idea as a group. Yeah. So, sort of, I've got better at it, but, you know... Jesus, we've just won this. All right, well, we'll get found out that we shouldn't have. Or, you know, like, it's just that sort of imposter syndrome. <laughs> Scottish people unusual because you that. kind of think as a group, you're like, come on! I, no, so, like, during in, in the evening of stuff, I'm, like, pumped up. But really quickly, like, I'll get sort of quite, oh, God, what next now? You know, we can only go down rather than keep going forward. Yeah. So we won... Just when this book came out, we won, um, I think we won Fellowship Group of the Year. And we were up against, like, people in the industry who I just absolutely love, you know, like Hobbs and stuff, you know. And for us to win was, like, a a, a, a true moment for, for me personally. Um, but I remember panicking, you know, in the, in the December, thinking, dear Lord, what's going to happen? And in January, we'd done a team meeting, and I'd done it dressed as a pirate. <laughs> And I didn't tell the team that I was dressed, why I was dressed as a pirate for about 35 minutes. And then what I was basically just trying to say, you know, like that pirate philosophy of sort of moving and adapting and being a little bit different was my mentality after winning fellowship. So rather than well done, mm-hmm. it was like well done, but right, let's move on to the next goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that sort of philosophy of, you know, the pirate co-op and stuff. You know, I would love, I, I, I'm a great sort of advocate in sort of shared rewards and bonuses and stuff. 100%. And I think, know, I, mean, I think that's probably the biggest gratification that I get now. Yeah. Is I, I'm actually treating the monetary thing. It's more about the team, not yeah. me. You know, the experiences of when I see them having like a fantastic night out or whatever, I get so much joy, yeah. you know, from that. And I think that comes with age, you know. Uh, you know, absolutely, you know, like... Um, Patrick Cameron said to me once, you don't want to look at me name dropping, but you know, you, you don't, don't want to, yeah, he, he says like Colin, you know, you, you don't want to die the richest man in the graveyard. No. And he was like, his last check, he wants it to bounce. And I was yeah. like, absolutely. You yeah, know, that's, right. you know, but everything that we do as bosses, and this is where it is, it's, you know, you look at everything that you've kind of, you've done up and, you know, even up until now and, the biggest thing that certainly I spoke to people about last weekend was the number one thing was costs. It was that point about yeah. you're sticking your neck on the line every single day at the minute. Um, and it was how you deal with it. And it's interesting because for me, then it's, it gets into this, this question here, which was, you know, what's your motivation and your passion for like continually pushing the business? You know, is it the money? Is it family? Is it your team? Like, what is it? I mean, there's... There's probably a real, uh, like, it, there's not one answer I can give yeah. you. So if I ramble, please just bring no, me you back. Can, I love for, for me, it's, um, I've always been obsessed with sort of personal security. 
So not personal wealth, you know, there's a massive difference, mm-hmm. you know. But for me, I've always wanted to know that if, God forbid, something went wrong, a £1,000, £5,000, I probably can cover it. So that's just a personal thing, you know. When, when my mum's fridge would break down, we would maybe be two months without a fridge. Mm-hmm. So just always, I've always said that I've always wanted enough money to buy white goods whenever I need to. And I'm 46 and it's still my sort of attitude of, have we got a fridge freezer in the bank type thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and that will never change, I think. The, the sort of second motivator is, you know, my business model is partnerships with people who are either came through Medusa or people who have had a personal relationship with me and been in business and decided that it's better to be together. Mm-hmm. I feel really... Uh, responsible for for them you know I feel really um, responsible to make sure that their life and their sort of balance of stress is is, is clear and, and as light as possible mm-hmm. um, and then of course you know with this you know typical boss speak you know without the team there is genuinely nothing no 100%. And, you know I want the team to have as much opportunities you know I always say that when somebody joins Medusa we're a company of opportunity because I don't care if you've been here six weeks, six days or six years. If there's something coming up and you're good and you want to do it, we'll help you. Or if we think you're the perfect fit for it, then we'll do it, you know. Um, and I think, you know, it's everything, you know, like last year we, we had a really successful Weller Trend Vision. We had five people in the final, I think, in the UK final. Cost a bloody fortune. Fortune. You know, (laughs) you can imagine. (laughs) Um, And one of our team, Neva, she won the the sort of young talent category. And there's a video of sort of myself and one of the partners, Paul, backstage because we were involved in the show and stuff. So we seen it. We weren't out in the audience, but we seen it happening that she'd won. And I just go into complete sort of football hooligan mode, you know, like jumping about, you know, kind of Denise Van Outen's in the corner looking what the hell's happening here. And, you know, I'm, I'm just a, a 46-year-old man roaring as if he's sort of scored the yeah. winning goal. Um, and that's exactly, like, that will never change. You know, I think if I'm 60, to see someone who, you know, she's she's a quiet, conscientious worker, probably would never have went for Trend Vision if I hadn't said you're going to do it type thing. And, um, you know, I, I just sort of love that. You know, I love seeing people come through and, and really sort of try and create a sort of real clear reward and for hard work. Yeah. You know, I sort of always said, you know, that I, I sort of sleep at night feeling that, every, you know, I make, I make mistakes, so, you know, but, you know, people are paid what they deserve to be paid almost, you know? Yeah, too, right. Um, you know, we're lucky in our industry that we certainly, we pay commissions. So you think, right, well, we'll try and do really good, fair salary yeah. with a brilliant bonus structure. So there's no limit coming from the top. You know, if, if you earn 30,000, 40,000, 50,000, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I know that there's probably some of the team one day who would maybe like to become a partner and stuff. So that's a big motivator, you know, like I think that's um, 
the team don't understand that. That's why we sort of do business awards and stuff. Uh-huh. So that we know how we're benchmarking against everybody. So that if we did open up a seventh salon, we know that our credentials are correct for it. Uh-huh. So they, you know, the team may think this is about calling Zico or something. It's it's actually the opposite. It's it's really about sort of seeing well, actually, we're doing okay. You know, we're doing fine. We can move on. And just on that, it's a really interesting thing. So for me, the awards, right, and competitions. I'm in a funny place with all this because the biggest thing I have, I have this kind of hang up about the fact that most awards are written, right? Take taking the the sort of the element of the uh, the creative element away, yeah, because that's different. The business awards are the ones that I really struggle with because most of the time they don't come to your businesses, they don't experience the service, they don't see any of those things. It's the fact that it's a written, you know, um, view and yeah. you can be paying somebody the most incredible amount of money. And it's something that I've, I, and what I've done, particularly as, as a business owner, is I've tried to go to salons that have won these awards. Yeah, I've wanted to experience like what it is supposedly they've won. And I, and often I'll be honest and whoever hates me on the show, I don't really mind, but I'm always like, I'm, I'm generally underwhelmed yeah. by you know, how that experience is. Um, and the thing is exactly what you said. For me, it feels like that's my learning because I, I, so yeah. I want to go somewhere, check it out, and then I want to base it on what we're, you know, doing. And I and I have this thing internally, and, and Candice, who's my operations manager, she's just amazing. I really want to do an awards where basically you have people that go to the salons and they experience it. And then what they do is they give the salons a full report after, yeah. like a proper breakdown. Because I always want to see, and I, and I don't know if there is any awards, and you'll know better than me because you've won more than I ever have. I want to see what made that team win over somebody else. Yeah. I don't so, want it to be a quote, you know? So, so right. So from personal experience... Yeah. So the the British Hairdressing Business Awards have mm-hmm. won Business Director of the Year twice mm-hmm. out of the last three years. Yeah. And been in the final, like, way more, you know, like three or four times and never won. Mm-hmm. What I would say about that is, and we were really honest, you know, like, say, so last year when we, when we won, you know, we didn't produce groundbreaking numbers. You know, we didn't produce fantastic growth, etc. Mm-hmm. So I was really honest about that. You know, I wasn't going to have anybody being able to talk to a supplier and go, well, we're not buying it from us. You know, so for me, it was like my authentic self of, actually, I'm celebrating that we're still here, mm-hmm. you know, after lockdowns and stuff. Where we sort of excelled, I suppose, was the, the stuff that we tried to do in terms of care and sort of uh, looking after the team. And at the business director, and I'm sure another few categories, you do actually get interviewed. So I had to go to London with a panel yeah. of judges and they look at your entry and dissect it. Right. And then you have to talk. And I think that, like I said, for, for me, in the, in the initial entry as well, we had to do a video. Mm-hmm. And I was so honest of saying, you know, um, things are tough. I'm not sitting here saying we're doing 20% retail. Mm-hmm. 
we've actually sort of maintained our business was was how I sort of put it. Um, so nobody could kind of go, well, that doesn't seem like it's real on the high street or whatever, you know, because Nathan, you know, there's so much stuff gets said in this industry sometimes and, oh, and it turns people's heads and you're like, well, actually, I know that's not real. I know that's yeah. not true. That's nonsense. But you just sound like an idiot if you say it or you sound yeah, bitter. Right. Well, I don't know. That's the wonderful thing about this show, right? Because what I love about <laughs> it is I, basically I can say what I want. Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't want to listen to it, you don't have to. Switch off, yeah. And, that, and that's the beautiful thing. Um, and it's just, I just think there's, there's an interesting factor. And I think there's, the, I think there's an opportunity for like our industry to do some quite different things where a competition yeah. becomes really valuable to the business owner, but also to the team. So you can really evaluate what it is you did well and what you were voted on. So I think there's kind yeah. of an opportunity there. No, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly because, um, the competitions we don't win, I've never been interviewed for. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. It was that TV appearance you did. It just, it yeah, just yeah. it. But, do, but do you know what I mean? Like, you know, it, things are almost 2D in print. Oh. And, you know, they can't hear the passion or they can't hear the struggles or, totally. or the emotion through it, you know? Totally. That's what I love about this. That's what I love about, the, like, that's what I love about yeah. this show. I've been yeah. so, I'm so fortunate that we're... This is the 40th episode, by the way. So this is cool. Fantastic. It's very exciting. Um, so when I look at... So for me, I'm going to go back to the health bit, right? And it's only because this is, this is something for me that I'm, I'm treating things now like this is my second half, right? Yeah. So during this year, during this show, we're going to be talking quite heavily about... So 45, I'm going to give myself another 45 years at least. So the things that I'm going to do to make my second half even better right so who in terms of the travel and the things that you do do you have anybody that kind of like looks after you do you have a coach do you have a mentor do you have anybody that you work and so so my wife is like constantly worried about me and especially earlier last year you know i was under a lot of pressure and and you know she's she's a cheerleader she is like you know absolutely amazing you know really um, so she is, and she's very intelligent and very emotionally intelligent. So, you know, she's she's good at sort of trying to pull me back. Um, you know, for me, it's it's about sort of friendships. You know, um, when you talk, it's really interesting you said that, you know, you're 45 and you're at that next sort of phase of life. Yeah, totally. Um, it's pretty much all we bloody talk about when we cycle. Oh, is it really? You know, yeah, because I think, you know, somebody listening to this, if we're 30-year-old, if we're lucky enough to get a 30-year-old interested. <laughs> yeah, I've got a 30-year-old, love it. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, if, like, you think you're immortal, mm-hmm. and there's something that happens in your 40s, I believe, yeah, that just tips you to go, Jesus, I've got maybe not as many summers in front of me as I've got behind me. That's a really sobering thought, you know, that... Mm-hmm. You know, if we do this business for the next 15 years and I die at 20 years, have I done 15 years of happy business or, or not what? So we talk about that a lot to the point that it's like, guys, we need new subjects, you know, this is depressing and we're like, but it is. I mean, last year I got very physically strong because I was doing this house build type thing and I wanted to be physical and, and it really helped. So I'm actually determined to start that again. Good. 
from a personal point of view. And it's exact. You've hit the nail on the head that it's it's about life. Mm. Before everything was about vanity. It was about wanting to look better in a photo. One, you know, blah. Now it's like actually, I want to make sure that I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's health rather than looks, etc. You know, never been yeah. blessed, but you know, it's so important. But it, there's, there's just comes a time when that switches on, mm. and I'm there now. Good. You know, um, I did have a health scare last year, so towards the end, I'm still sort of going through that a little bit. That impacted my sort of ability to become fitter, mm-hmm. but hopefully that should be sort of sorted. I find out tomorrow, actually. <laughs> so, the thing is with but, it is what I tend to look at, and this is, again, this is where, like, you know, tomorrow I've got, you know, one of my really good friends, Tom Johnson, played for England and yeah. Chiefs on the show. And we're talking really heavily about what we're going to do in this part because me and Johnson are doing it together. And for me, it's more about, like, in, in terms of being an entrepreneur, in terms of being a business person, when you're healthy, you can just, everything is just easier. Like generally, you know, if you sleep really well, right? I've just ordered a whoop. You ever heard of these? I've, I had whoop for like two, three years. Did you really? So I've just I've, ordered I've one. got one in my bag right there. I've just have stopped you? wearing so I've it. I've just ordered one for the first time because was like, you need it, mate, because yeah. we're doing all these things, get a whoop. But like in terms of, you know, your diet, your health, the things that go in your body. And it was really weird because over the weekend we had Liz Earl. And she was so inspirational um, in terms of a speaker. But obviously, she focuses really heavily on wellness. And she made this real point now where she started to think about her diet. And I love the fact that she said, I look at food now and I go, is this health or is this disease? And I went, bloody hell. That's quite strong. But in terms of looking at something, do I need that for health or is that going to give me disease? And honestly, as soon as you look at something and you put disease on it, it makes you go, I'm not having it. I don't want that. Yeah. And it's strong. It's really powerful. And, and she pushed it. She, she talked quite heavily about this, this second phase, this part. Yeah. Um, and it's just something that I feel really, really strongly about. Like something has gone off in my brain that has made me go, I now need to make these little additional changes that are going to help me long term. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from motivation for my family because I've got two young children. So for me, it's like I want to be 85 years old and I want to be in good shape. So yeah. if they've got kids, my grandkids, you know. So there's those other, those other factors that you think make those changes. They're all going to have an impact long term. Yeah. And for somebody like you that travels a lot, that's, you know, that's, it's quite difficult. And, I, and I, I hear where you're coming from when you say about trying to get routines, you know, into a working practice in a hotel kind of environment that must be difficult yeah it, it is um you know it's interesting so two things you said there one was the whoop and one was about sort of sleep and stuff mm-hmm. whoop helped me learn how to become a better sleeper yeah brilliant and i think if anybody has whoop they don't really touch alcohol okay that's interesting because tom's general feeling is he he said so i'm i'm reducing my alcohol consumption rapidly that's one of the things that i've done and I'm going to do this year more than ever. Um, but he was like, what's really interesting, it's a great way to monitor the impact of alcohol on your system because you can totally track what it does and then you it's, can it's, track your recovery with your weight training and everything else. It's unbelievable. Really? Like, wow. You know, so 
I would challenge you to sort of do 30 days on whoop and then go on a bender on a Saturday night. I can't wait. That's probably what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, do it, and then you'll see it. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole science behind everything to do with whoop and whatnot. It's basically that Messi and Ronaldo, this age of athletes, is going to become normal. Yeah. Because 16-year-olds are learning now, actually, it is about what I put into my body yeah. and how I recover and stuff. And Whoop is a massive, massive part of that. So, uh, well done, mate. You'll, you'll I can't wait. That. I'm genuinely really excited. Because the thing is yeah. with it is that I would, I would say, like, I, I, my thing was I thought I slept quite well. And I do, and I did, because my routine is pretty anal. Like, I go to bed at, like, 9.30, you know, we yeah. get up at 6.00. And I don't really wake up, you know, our bedroom's cold. We don't have any blue light. You know, we've got a lot yeah. of really good routines. But I can always see the impact of great sleep versus, you know, sedation sleep. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I used to sleep about three hours a night. Wow, did you? Yeah, and it was terrible. Um, and that was probably the greatest thing about lockdown mm-hmm. is I learned how to sleep again. You know, once... Once I knew everything was going to be okay from a business point of view and touch wood, my family have always been okay. Um, That was the the thing. And it's one of the things that now I really listen to, you know, if I don't sleep well, I sort of know that I need to change stuff. Um, So, yeah, I think sleep and recovery is, is massively underestimated. Yeah, and again, that goes back to one of the issues with blue light, social media, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, so you're, 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 on that subject, you're speaking to the converter. Good. No, I think it's great. Like, I'm genuinely <coughs> excited because I think there's yeah. so many, <clears throat> for me, I just think there's so much opportunity now in this bit to yeah. just be better. And yeah. I think, and, and having pieces of tech around you like that, that, yeah. that just help you. I think is is amazing. And it's something where I've I've got somebody come on a couple of weeks who's a sleep specialist. And I'm I'm just fascinated by getting things right. You know, so for you that travels, actually like even taking your own pillow, you know, you know, and putting like, you know, juniper oil like on your pillow to help you go and, you know, have a face mask and have like earbuds. And even though people go, that's really ridiculous. I'm like, no. Because if you have yeah. great sleep, you can get up and educate the best yeah. you've ever educated, can't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I did fall out the bed two nights ago in this. Uh, <laughs> I was the, the salon I was educating had a beautiful Airbnb, stunning, um, and yeah, I bloody fell out the bed cause, just because I wasn't sure where I was. <laughs> just rolled right out of the bed like boom, like, Jesus. It's really funny. It's such a funny experience when you fall out of bed, though, isn't it? <laughs> Terrifying, yeah, like absolutely. Am I you know, dreaming? Am I dreaming? Oh, it was, it was, it was proper. Like you know, I was probably up for about forty minutes after that. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. brilliant. Oh god, right, Colin. Let me get back to some of these questions here. Sure. Okay. So, uh, hang on. So cut this bit out. Apologise. <laughs> I'm just going to my iPad, so I'm sorry. I've got sure. a look. I'm laughing. Um, right. So, in terms of uh, stepping away, are you on the floor still? Or do you, have you, no, I only do one day a week in the salon. So one day a week on the floor, yeah. and then you're doing education and running the business. Yes, with a what with a team like around me. Like, what was that like stepping away? Um, so the the people that I bought Medusa from sort of insisted that on day one I dropped 
you know, I was like a, I was a superstar stylist, you know, I was big earner, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, right, when they wanted to, to sell out up to me, they were like, you can't work how you work. Right. You know, you, you know, just everything will just implode. Mm-hmm. So I think on day one, I went down to four days a week. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, we had three salons. And then I think when we got the fourth, I went down to three days a week. Mm-hmm. And then the um, just gradually, you know, probably took my eye off the ball a little bit of my clientele. So, you know, a lot of my clients were still in the salon, but just yeah. not with me. Started to go elsewhere, yeah. Yeah, because I used to do a sort of rotation round. I think we had four shops at the time. So I used to do like a Friday and every one. Oh, I see. Okay. You so I think clients just got a little bit like, actually, that's not convenient and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we decided, God, maybe about five years ago for me to go to one day a week. And I, at the time, I wouldn't do colour. I would mm-hmm. just cut. So essentially, I was working two days in the salon, Thursday and Saturday, and I stopped working a Saturday. And that was like a huge thing, stopping working a Saturday. You know, it's been ingrained that that's the day. And when I explained it to the team, I, you know, they, they properly understood because I would say take a Monday off. Uh-huh. But as I've just told you, I travelled four and a half hours today. Yep. on a Monday, which traditionally would have been my day off. Um, and also, well, I was open. Insurance companies are open. Banks are open. Accountants are open. So you just get bombarded with stuff. <clears throat> no one phones a hairdresser on a Saturday about business. No. You know, the team don't want to speak to you because they're so busy. Mm-hmm. You know, the management are just doing their thing. So it was the best thing I ever done. Yeah. was really sort of taking that step back. But what I would say now, and my my management team and sort of partners and stuff are fantastic, they'd really try and leave me alone on my salon day. You know, they really do sort of probably work extra hard themselves that day to make sure that I can just cut hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like a day off. You know, like it's just lovely you know, I'm doing Mrs. Anderson's hair who I've done since I was 17. Yeah. You know, I'm doing uh, someone new. You know, like, it's just, it's a really nice, I think it's really beneficial for my brain. Yeah, which is great. You know, when you're busy. I'm always, I'm really interested. It's why it's because, so I've gone from like five to four to three. Yeah. And I'm now in this situation where I'm now sort of going, right, okay. Three's Okay. But I think like now there's that, that opportunity to, to drop a bit more because the show is growing and we're going into yeah. coaching and all these other things. And it's I'm a bit like you. Like I'm at the stage where I really enjoy the days I work, though. I have beautiful guests. We have beautiful chats. They're brilliant because what I love about it, they're also where I get most of my like information for the podcast and my content because yeah. I chat to them about it. Yeah. And they're brilliant for creating content. Like, your guests are incredible. I just asked them what they want to listen to. So it's yeah. amazing. So for all of you who are listening, thank you for the content. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's basically, like, I think taking that step back. And also the team really enjoy it. Because I now have a day, I have a day in here where I don't work, but I'm in here. Yeah. And actually, I'm around. I shampoo, I clean, I do those things, and I'm with the team. Um, and it's really enjoyable. 
and, and ultimately as a boss, that's kind of what you want, isn't it? Yeah. So that's probably my biggest challenge. So, you know, when I visit one of the salons, so, you know, like I can pop in and it's like, you're all really busy. There's nothing for me to say or do and it's working, you know, like I sort of like, hello and, you know, you're all right. I feel like I'm getting in the way quite often. You probably um, are. You know? Yeah, I think so. You know, like, I, I think so. You know, you can see sort of people going, oh, God, he's in again. Um, so I try and sort of leave leave the sort of people running the salons as much as possible to it's their salon, you know, uh-huh. whether that's managers or partners, you know. Um, but there's nothing better than going into, like, a busy, energetic salon and seeing oh, people, you know, it's, it's, it's addictive. Uh-huh. You know, really. And I don't really think people addictive. get that. Yeah. You know, I think until you're in it, and we always say yeah. like a happy salon is a busy salon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, And it is, it's just when you're in it, there's just yeah. something about that buzz of hearing. We call the, um, so we always call the team like a bunch of crack addicts. Uh-huh. What, I mean, what I mean is they get every 45 minutes or hour, they get this hit of serotonin because yeah. they make people feel good every, yeah. you know, every hour. And, yeah, and, and that's really powerful. You know, like there's hmm. there's not many industries where you have such a positive impact in that one to one with someone. You know? Huge. And this um, is what is interesting. And this is just I'm just I'm going off base here, but this is where um, I've had this thing recently uh, about the menopause and salons. And actually, yeah. I think there's a great opportunity. I think for salons to become almost like hubs. Yeah, for yeah. Because predominantly, most of our business is women. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think there's a, there's a massive, massive opportunity for us as a group of salon owners to actually do something to yeah. really make that there's plenty of information and there's help and stuff within salons. I, that, I, I think when we first met, we were doing some business thing. Yeah, that's right. That was Creative Head, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, we, we just introduced like a menopause program, like mm-hmm. sort of policy. Yeah. <clears throat> and also our a sort of policy on sort of fertility treatment fertility, yeah. stuff, you know, and that, that was obviously a personal thing from a journey my wife and I have been on, but um, these are the little things that I hope sort of, in the simplest basic sort of element of them, just really show that it's not about money. Yeah, 100%. You know, like, it's, you know, I hope none of my team ever need to use any of the stuff that we are offering mm-hmm. but if they do you know it, it's just there to try and make things a little bit easier yeah you know and that's like um, what it is isn't it you know because the thing with it is also is i think i think the big thing probably is also like as a boss i just want to come to work and enjoy what i do i don't i don't really want to deal with any shit i just want to come in and just enjoy myself yeah. and you know i've realized that because we did we did um, loads of personal testing for the team and I'm like an entertainer. That's what I came out as. And I'm 100%. And I'm like non-conflict, don't really need it. Yeah. I live by quite a chilled, happy, you know, kind of mindset. And that's how I want the team to run. Because I don't think there's any need to it. Like the biggest thing, I can't remember who I spoke to, it was a while ago. But I said, if you think about hairdressing, it hasn't changed since the dawn of time. It's yeah. exactly the same. We, we look after a guest, we make them feel good. We deliver a service and they leave. That's it. It's it's really not complicated. It's not rocket science. Like I tend to think, it's like even hairdressing business. And I'm going to again, I'll get into this, you know, sort of more over various shows. But people make it very difficult. You know, Do you know, like everything 
from what we try and do is to try and be as simplistic as possible. Yeah. And it's not to sort of go on that stereotype of we're thick hairdressers. It just doesn't need to be complicated. No. You know, like every successful business, whether it's selling cars, making cars, producing music, the simple formula works. Yeah, 100%. You know, because there's no smoke and mirrors. You know, like if you start having spreadsheets try to explain people's commission, you sound like you're robbing them. Do you know what I mean? People should distrust that. If you can't just say, look, you do this, this is one deduction from VAT. After that, you get a percentage of this. And that's, that's it. it. Yeah. You and know, that's why like it always makes me laugh because I love it because I, at the minute, we're putting this coaching program together. And honestly, like, it's very A to B to C to D to E to F. And it's like, look, if you follow that path, you'll do well. All yeah. right? And that's what I, I really struggle when I see so many other people trying to make things just crazy for hairdressers it's like yeah just just don't worry about it make it chilled right yeah. Colin we're getting down so I've missed a load of pieces because I could chat to you all day and I know I could this is probably there's a part two and I'll have to book it in the diary in six months time all right <laughs> <laughs> only because we'll do that because I'll look physically different I can't wait to see all right <laughs> it's because you know what happened we had terrible weather last night down here like horrific and I've got a flood in my garage oh. so tonight I've got to go and like rinse it all out and clear right. it out because the wife said she's not going to do it so i i te- there's a load of questions i'm definitely gonna have to do a part two so i'm sorry listeners because i've got other stuff to do and so is this this uh, lovely man i'm chatting to i do this thing called the final five all right so it's five quick questions okay um so biggest learning in 2022 um try and be kind to myself try and be kind to yourself yeah, myself. That was my biggest learning. Good, definitely. Yeah. And how are you going to do that? Um, well, I think I started the process last year yep. by sort of, you know, I can't control everything. Um, that's a that's a big learn. And I shouldn't try and control everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just trying to sort of take time, like just simple things. I've been far more disciplined with dog walking and you know, just little little things. The, the the one thing is that I'm missing is is getting to that bloody gym. You know, but that that was a sort of a reason. So I'm you built a great big extension. I thought you were going to stick a gym in there because that's what's soaking wet in my garage is my yeah, gym. Yeah, yeah. That, that's in the next bit of the the, kind the garage area. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So being kind to yourself. Love that. First thing you do in the morning, and last thing you do before you go to bed. First thing I do in the morning, check my phone. Okay. Yeah. All in. No, um, yeah, check my phone, uh, get up, let the dogs out for um, a little wee, and then make my wife coffee. That's yeah. my sort of routine in the morning. Um, last thing at night, I put my book down. Yeah, yeah good. You know, um, I always read, whether it's two minutes or an hour. Mm-hmm. I always read in bed. That's a good routine. That's good. That helps. Favorite piece of advice and the worst piece of advice you've been given. Okay. Um, favorite piece of advice, God. I, I think you know. Um, one of my one of my dearest friends is is a really successful serial entrepreneur, 
and he was like sort of trust yourself because you've got sort of good instincts you know you you've got a good soul and heart and stuff so his whole thing was you'll always make the sort of right decisions uh-huh. um so trust myself the worst piece of advice <laughs> the worst piece of advice that's a beauty it's good because it's one. Of, it does make you think. Because sometimes, because I, I had people tell me that I would never, you know, own a successful business, and I was like, yeah. "Why are you bothering?" And I was yeah, like, I mean, you know, there was teachers. You know, I was a bit of a idiot at school and stuff, and you know, there was teachers who would be like, "You'll amount to nothing," and then maybe in their eyes, I have, and and but you know, I, you know, I, I don't think I've ever had a worse piece of advice because. Yeah, I think you always have to be respectful of, with you know the, the point of view that they're coming from, and then it's up to me to act on that advice. Oh, I like that. That's you know, the like, first time on the show anybody's ever said that. Okay, so like you know, like people give advice, and it's you know it's up to you to listen to it, but then it's really up to us to act on it. Oh, I like that, Colin. Hey, so, listeners, that's the first one. Hey, nobody's so ever said you choose to take that advice. Yeah, I like that. Um, one thing you can you can't live without. Um, I better say my wife, but really, it's oh, dogs. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> Got it. Honestly, mate, you cannot believe the amount of people, the amount of the amount of people that have said their phone, and I've no, looked at them. No. Going, Are you joking? You've yeah. got four children. Your yeah. wife. Your friends, yeah. your family, your dog. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I think it would be all of like that sort of thing. Um, we did get a new dog recently, and he's obsessed with me, and I absolutely love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I see him looking at me as if I am the greatest thing in the world, and I'm like, yes, come here, little I just man. wish that beautiful wife of yours looked at you in the same way, Dave. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Nobody does, you know. Um, just this wee dog, so... Um, I love that. He's, he's been good for my soul. Uh, well, that's good. Hey, mate, he, he's getting yeah. you out. He's getting you out. Yeah. He's getting you walking, yeah. you know. So a lot of positive benefits. Big love to that dog. What's the dog's name? Give him a shout out. Uh, Bobby. Wee Bobby. Bobby. Big Bobby. shout out Very to Bobby. Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> Wee Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> and one rule that you think we should all abide by. Be kind. Be kind. Yeah. You know, I have this, I always talk about this, and, and especially to the partners, the business partners, of it, you know, when we're at events, if we're meeting people, you know, everything should be done sort of from a, a fair point of view. Mm-hmm. And if we're out socially with people sort of in the industry, like I get paranoia if I've ignored somebody by accident or, you know, like we've spent this time out known you for about seven months yep. through social, yep. I will be devastated if we're in the same event and I don't just instantly sort of go, that's Nathan. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that will keep me awake for about a week. <laughs> I hate arrogance, you know, like, a, <laughs> but you know, like I hate people who are speaking to you, but looking over your shoulder to see yep. the next person. I hate that. So do I. So if, if anybody ever thought I'd done that to them, I'd be really upset with myself. That's an incredible thing. So for me, you see, that's being about all in. Yeah. When I'm with somebody, I'm just all in. 
Yeah. And, I, and, and, you know, and, it's, and this show has been so good for me because it's made me do that because it's made me listen to a completely different level. And if, and if my wife was on the show, she would say that's been the biggest change is the fact it's made me listen to people's conversations more. It's made me, you know, take more in and instead of jumping on to somebody's conversation, which is fantastic. I love that. So Colin McAndrew, I have totally loved this today. We're definitely having a part two, mate. Thanks, Lee. I've got a whole bunch of things I didn't even get to. So I'm sorry, listeners, there'll be a part two. Um, Been amazing having you on the show today. Where can people find you uh, on your socials, but also where can people find you if they want education? Um, so Colin at medusahair.co.uk for education or Instagram Colin I think it's underscore Medusa uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know the, the wee one um, and that's pretty much it you know like I you know don't follow me on social media if you expect and lots of haircuts and stuff <laughs> it's just random nonsense um, you know so yeah but that, that's where I, where I am so email in the I'll pop all of the details in the show notes for you listeners so it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and we'll see you next time on Hair Life go steady thanks Nathan cheers